Here at Soul Infusion, our goal is finding a path of awareness through personal empowerment and healing, to grow as individuals and as a collective through conscious existence. By discussing different healing modalities, energy work, and all things metaphysical, we strive to increase your individual consciousness and well-being to positively affect the collective consciousness. We invite you to join us on our journey of honest self-discovery and truth. So raise your frequency and let the good vibes flow. This is Soul Infusion. Welcome to Soul Infusion, where five women brought together by Reiki delve into topics like Reiki, crystal healing, tarot, mediumship, Akashic records, and so much more mind, body, and soul enlightenment. We hope that our listeners follow us down the path of vibrational well-being and grow with us as we grow. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and leave us a five-star review. Today's topic is Akashic Record readings, which you may or may not know are readings that tap into the universe's supercomputer system or central storehouse for every deed, word, feeling, thought, and intent that has ever occurred by all individuals at any time in history. These records that have been recorded about us are interactive and they have a tremendous influence upon our everyday lives, our relationships, our feelings, and our belief systems, and the potential reality that we draw towards us in the current lifetime. Today's guest is Marie Janoski, otherwise known as the Prayer Warrior and Healer. She specializes in Akashic Record readings, and she also creates customized channeled prayers for individuals to help them with life situations and personal healing. Marie had several spiritual experiences in childhood, and as an adult, she was educated as a pediatric occupational therapist who worked both in the public school system as well as in her own private practice, assisting children with sensory and fine motor deficits. The majority of these children were empathic and now are called indigos, crystal, or star beings, or the highly evolved rainbow children. It was only towards the end of her career that she reawoke to her spiritual gifts where she was given the gift of unity consciousness, as well as access to the Akashic records at will. She has since studied through spiritual mentorship alliances and various formal programs to bring her light and service to humanity through working with the guardians of the records, guides, and angels to provide insights into lifetimes that have contributed to her client's current situation. This knowledge and experience empowers her clients to have a broader understanding of the origins of what it is that they are currently facing. Welcome, Marie. We're so excited to have you. Before we begin the session, Marie has actually written the customized prayer for this podcast interview session, which I will ask her to please share with us now. And okay. Yours, Marie. Okay, very good. Well, um, I just wanted to thank each and every one of you, as well as any listeners um, that will join you down the, down the line after you release this um, for just, you know, giving me the opportunity to uh, present what it is that I do and um, for basically to exchange various uh, energetic fields with one another to help 
assist us in the ascension, not only us personally, but of course, contributing to the overall whole of the Earth's ascension as well, which is truly, um, it's the objective uh, when you really look at it. But um, anyway, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. So thank you so much. You're welcome. We're delighted to have you. Okay. Okay. So yes, I um, if I get guided to write a prayer, then <laughs> they basically nudge me until I sit down and actually do it. So um, I'll go ahead and read what I have. And this is basically the format that I use for all of my prayers, the opening and the ending. I call any and all light beings of the highest vibrational frequency to come to the aid and assistance of all those who are participating in this Zoom session dated February 28th, 2021. Divinity Tribe, we command the ego to rescind into the background of our awareness at this time. This seating will assist all present to align to the higher aspects of this interview in calling. May we be given the deeper understanding that we are co-creators in this dance of life, accepting that our thoughts, emotions, and actions are mirrored in the reality that unfolds and manifests before our clouded egoic lenses. Allow this prayer to sow the seed of the power of quantum manifestation that one plus one equals three, the divine trinity. With this knowledge and acceptance comes wisdom and empowerment. Light beings, escort us out of the chains of the Hycinian age and anchor us into the cusp of the new dawn. Set our inner compass to navigate from our heart regardless of our external stimuli. Thus, pronouncing with faith our right to claim and declare, we are the sparks of divinity embodied in form. We can create our heaven on earth as that is our birthright. We are the saviors that we have been waiting for. The journey on this terrain is rocky and unstable, often leaving our bodies weary and tired. Send forth the healing energies to help us maintain our stride as we are holding the lanterns of light. May our footing become lighter and assured as we ascend upwards in consciousness. May this interview and call pro propel forth the dissolvance of stale and stagnant energy threads that are knotted and tied in our four bodies. May that space be replaced by ethereal, translucent, and glimmering threads of light, harmony, happiness, and peace. May the outcome of this prayer request be more than we could have hoped for or expected. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. You. that was absolutely thank you light beings <laughs> oh my goodness um that was that was amazing oh thank you i am going to now allow our audience yes of course <laughs> and uh, all of us to get to know you better and okay learn more about your beginnings in this wonderful metaphysical um healing walk that you walk um 
So we talked a little bit about earlier in the podcast, your background, um, just a little bit about how you experienced things as a child. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't get into too much detail. I would just hear more about your experiences, those specific experiences and how those early experiences later at this re-enter into this life that you, that you live now as right. part of the awakening to bring you where, to, where you are today. Okay. Um, I was born awake as actually most of us are, right? We're all connected to the divine um, because we don't have that egoic lens clouding our perceptions. We are just, you know, um, navigating the earth plane, not only on that horizontal plane, but vertically because we're still open, right? The, mm -hmm. the, um, the skull hasn't even fused together. So we are the receptors of divine source. Um, one of the um, earliest, and I can't necessarily call it a memory, so I'll refer to it as an awareness um, and or a memory just to serve the purpose of our, you know, meeting our language needs to understand what it is that I experienced. But I really had three um, awarenesses, one of which I was a young child and I was being escorted by two light beings into what I now know <laughs> probably was more like a, um, a highly evolved spacecraft, okay? Uh, at first I thought it was a Colosseum and I would always refer to it in my mind as a Colosseum. It was totally white, it was circular in nature, it was extremely large and it had uh, tall elongated windows. And these two individuals were escorting me towards this apparatus, this ship, um, and all you could hear was uh, the sounds of children's laughter. And it was beyond beautiful. The sounds, the, the laughter was beyond beautiful. So it was a pure state of joy. It was just joy. That was the energy field, joy. So that was the first awareness that I had. And the, back to the light beings, they were all dressed in white. Everything is white, okay? So then the second awareness is that I'm in a room. Again, it's white. Um, and, it's, and I just got called. It's my turn to go. And there is a young man sitting on a white bench and he looks at me and I look at him and te telepathically, it, we basically um, not really saying to each other, but the awareness was that I had to go first and then he would follow. So that's the second, um, second awareness. And then the third and probably the most profound for, for me was that I recall just being an awareness, a consciousness. And I was traveling forward. Again, that's that concept, right? That's part of that linear concept of forward. But I'm traveling forward to what looks up ahead at, as uh, like a fetus, okay? And it's small off in the distance the background is completely void. It is completely black. And the fetus is perforated in like white markings. 
And as I approach um, this, this human form and I gain you know, clarity as to what I'm going into, I'm marveling at one point, but yet amazed that I am, I am um, descending in size. I could not believe that I was descending in size. It was like I was so large, as we all are, our divinity, right? Um, and I was just being shrunken so that I could fit into that little body. So I know now that that was probably one of the first um, experiences I had um, and was given the concept of size. So that, that in and of itself was interesting to me. Now, when I was a toddler, if I was laying a certain way, I could conjure that up and go right back there. And as I got older, of course, that faded away. Um, but that to me, um, <laughs> my husband's like, don't tell them that you went into that body. They're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> uh, but okay, so, so there. Um, but as a toddler, I would walk around and I felt as though there was somebody behind my eyes. And like, this was the vehicle. And that I would be looking around, but I wasn't looking around um, like a toddler. I was looking around like I was observing the environment, okay? Sometimes the room would get really, really, um, uh, they would blow it apart for me so that I could see it um, not so much in a molecular structure, but... Um, I can't even really describe it, but the vastness of the room would spread out. I then would feel real small or I would get real big and the room would get real small. So that happened um, when I was a toddler all the time. So, okay. Then of course, now the being uh, born into a highly dysfunctional family, of course, my ego started to get layered, right? Really quickly. And uh, very dense, very dysfunctional family with parents being alcoholics, et cetera. So um, it was real easy to cover up presence. However, for the most part, I remained always in the vibration of joy. And I remember telling my parents, even as a three and four years old, I still have these recollections that everything is going to be okay. Because they would be upset. We had no food. We were on welfare. Um, they were smokers, so they'd be worried about getting cigarettes. And I would always be trying to, I now know what I was doing, right? I was telling them that we're creators, we're co-creators of our lives, but they couldn't hear me. I often wondered, of course, why I was born into that family, but we now, we, all of us know why we were born into the, our families. Um, so, uh, yes, so the egoic personality layered. I went to school. I ended up becoming a pediatric OT and worked in the school system. And I just like, I would be brushing my teeth before I'd go to work in the morning. And I'd say, Oh, Sam is going to be absent today. Right. So I'd go to school, but I'd still have to go to his classroom. And I'd knock on the door and I'd say, Oh, I'm here for Sam. And she'd say, Oh, he's absent. And sometimes I'd go, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, 
I would be I would be given information about the teachers like this one time. Unfortunately, I walked into the room and I knew right then and there that the teacher was going to miscarry her her child. And, um, you know, I could just feel it. And part of that was that um, being an empath. Right. And you and and actually this just came to my awareness uh, recently that it's almost as though. Um, being the type of empath that I am, I can actually go into or feel as though I'm going into the body of that person, right? And I see Tracy kind of shaking her head. Maybe she identifies with that, where you can feel everything that they're feeling. And, you know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would, I would know if a child was being sexually abused at home. And there was nothing I could do about it. I would go and disclose it to the teacher. And I'd say, you know, she's, she's, she's getting abused at home. And they would say, well, we have no proof of that. There's nothing we can do. Um, a lot of my, my students um, later on uh, in retrospect, I would have their parents come to me or communicate to me um, and, and say, you know, I don't know what you did for little Elena, but she's sleeping through the night or she's eating or whatever it is, you know, that they were working on. I didn't know that I was actually healing these children that I was working with until my last year of school. And that was when the last year of school, um, I was given um, these children, one boy from Israel, he was an indigo another little girl who was a crystal child. Um, she had just come on my roster and she would just cry if they were, if they were cutting down a tree outside. And um, she would confide in me as though, you know, like, like I was a child, like we were like little best friends. She would tell me things that um, just were the sweetest thing. And I mean, she would make me cry, but it ended up that these children came onto my roster and I started to recognize that I wasn't dealing with a quote unquote, um, I don't wanna say this like that, but I'm gonna have to, to make it clear. Um, normal child, okay? Okay, how about like 3D? How about in the lower consciousness, right? I wasn't working with 3D uh, average children. These were highly evolved individuals. So during my last year of practicing, right toward the end of the year, I all of a sudden got referred seven children for private practice. I did not solicit these individuals. In fact, I, I, I didn't even want um, really to take up the task of working on their fine motor skills. Um, basically what it would be, it would be I'm working on their fine motor skills as it is expressed in the art of handwriting because that's my forte. I'm a handwriting um, uh, expert, teacher, okay? So these individuals were referred to me and I'm thinking, uh-oh, something's going on here. What's, what's going on? 
the ego is trying to figure it out, right? So um, I, I decided, okay, I'll go. This is extra money through the summer. I'll go and I'll meet with all these people. Well, lo and behold, all the, the it was um, six boys, all between the ages four and seven and one girl. And I think she was, she had just turned eight. All of these individuals were indigos. She was the crystal child. All of these individuals were considered gifted. Um, and I would go in and I'd start working with them. But my, I would have like um, a descendants of this energy come down on me. And I would be able to tap into why I was really there. Okay, so um, for example, I was working with this little boy and he had some cognitive issues. He's an indigo. Um, I believe he, it was his first time on this planet because he had no clue what to do, right? His parents were down deep inside, okay? Because I was given that, that gift of truth. His parents were uh, down deep inside and, embarrassed they were embarrassed of him okay here they are they're very wealthy they have this very you know uh they live in an affluent home uh big big uh, mansion type home right and they have an image to uphold but then he's born and lo and behold all this tension is put on him and he is uh considered on the spectrum right he has all these physical um ailments so I go in and I start working with him, but it was like, uh-oh, I'm not really here for him. I'm, I'm here for him to recognize, he and I knew we could, we, we would meet on the higher uh, realm in the sense that I could meet him where he was at, because that was always my philosophy, you meet someone where they're at, right? So um, it ended up that I was able to not so gently all the time, but use my throat chakra to express to the parents what it was that he truly was, this beautiful being that they were gifted with, they were gifted with this boy, and shift their perceptions so that they no longer were looking at him from a 3D perspective, but they were now looking at him from the 4D and sometimes 5D. So it was a matter of taking the egoic lens and kind of clearing it. Okay. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense? No, you absolutely are. You absolutely are. And I think, um, you know, it's, I love that I'm, we're, I'm seeing how all of this is coming into, you know, existence with you and your path. And I, um, I know that we, no, it makes absolute sense. And I, that's why I love that part of the introduction because I thought that was so important to what brought you to the fact that we're such a larger consciousness in a physical shell. And that sort of awareness makes it very easy for people to understand that we may be not so linear. Well, it's not so linear, right? So that there could be multiple timelines. There is multiple dimensions. We are living, um, and we could be currently living, or we have lived in the timeline, if you want to go by that parameter. 
different scenarios and different reasons for why we're here today. And I know that, um, you know, I, I'm, I know you're getting to this and I think that, that we just wanna, I wanna make sure that we are going to the direction of like how this gift of the Akashic Records came to you. And I'm, I'm sure it's coming up here in a minute um, with what, you know, how the, I mean, I, I love that. I'm actually dabbling in that myself and I feel like um, I'm so anxious to hear how that. Mm -hmm. Right and how you see these images and how you get them too, because I know everyone is different, right? Well, right. I think what happened was, I think that when those children were referred to me, again, that was in my last year of practice. That was also the year that I lost my, my contract. I was working with the Allegheny Intermediate Unit, so it was a really good job, okay? I lost my contract with that. So that, because I'm a warrior and a healer, I actually ended up filing a federal lawsuit against Allegheny Intermediate Unit. So that was going on. I got those children and I, start, I started to question what is going, what's going on? I was being called to serve. And at the time, my awareness was that it was Metatron calling me. So I'm sure a lot of you were, most of you are maybe familiar with Archangel Metatron. He's referred to, right? Okay, so the awareness was that Archangel Metatron was calling me to serve. Well, I didn't want to. And I said, no, no, I'm too tired. I just want to be out in my yard. I, I, honestly, I'm exhausted. I had a rough year that year, but I had agreed to see those children, right? So I had to like, you know, finish the job. But as that process started unfolding before me, I realized that what I was getting into was bigger, much bigger than I realized, right? Now it shifted into not only children, but now it was shifting into adults. So, and I think that um, just, uh, just to go into the prayer, is that okay how that happened? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so when I when I finally made the decision to serve, I was like, real reluctant. I mean, I said no to God. That's what I said. I was like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I kind of made a deal with the universe. They told me, you know what? If you serve, you can stay home and you can cut all the grass you want. You can do whatever you want because you're going to be working at home. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I made the decision to serve. That's when one night I wake up and I see a large orb in my bedroom. It is fluid inside. There's all this movement. And I'm looking at it and I'm just mesmerized by it. In fact, I'm in that room. I decided to, to do the Zoom call in the room near the window that the apparitions uh, had appeared. And I watched the orb and it just glid across the room and through the wall. So that happened. Then the next experience was that I, I believe it was astral travel, but I was traveling down towards this tree and my awareness was that I was the only one. No one else was around, but there was a layer of the ego present, just one very thin layer. And it was like, where is everybody? There is no one. You are the only one. 
And I descended upon a tree and I marveled, marveled at the green leaf. It was perfection. So that happened. And then a couple months later, speaking to a healer myself, um, I went into a realm I had never been in before where I was this little girl and I was being shown this and she, it was me and I was about five or six and these lights were coming out of my eyes and I was handing a daisy to a feminine being, little, a little daisy. And I was so happy. I was like, oh, how kind the universe is to give me this flower so that I could give to her. Again, there was a presence of ego and I was trying to look to see who it was, okay? So then months went past, I'm in this room. I thought, oh, I'll put that necklace on that my friend gave me for Christmas. And I put the necklace on and um, I was gonna take a selfie and I don't take selfies. I'm not a Kardashian. <laughs> Um, I'm taking selfies and I later as I go through the photos, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this light? Now we all were like, oh, that's just, you know, that's the lens flare or whatever. But that day was very similar to this day. It's very gray out. The sun's not shining, right? It was a bleak January morning. And the more I studied or gazed at those beautiful, fo that form, I thought something's, something profound is happening. And I sought the assistance of several spiritual healers that are very credible practicing here in the United States, as well as in, in the UK. And they all, they all said the same thing, that it was a feminine energy field, most likely from the seventh dimension. And it could, have been, it could be Mother Mary, right? I, um, but that's when I was given the gift of unity consciousness. And I really could then peer in to like, I went into Giant Eagle shopping and I'm like shopping. And I look at this guy and I'm like, oh, I know him. I know him. And I'm like, excuse me, do I know you? And he's like, no, ma'am. I mean, I'm like a nut. Like I'm, I'm like walking around and I'm like, I know all these people. And then, you know, my husband and I would be in a restaurant and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I know that family. And he'd be like, do not, do not go over there and talk to them. You don't know them. I mean, you, but I feel like I know them. And a series of additional steps happened. Um, I go to, uh, um, I'll tell you, they had given me glimpses into my own Akaksha records, but I'll skip over that. I went, I have a flock of chickens. So I went to this feed store. The guy flips over this big bag of feed. And I said to him, I said, thank you so much for, for doing this for me. You're always very kind to me when I come here. And he said, ma'am, it's my job to serve. It's my job to serve you. And I went home and then at three o'clock in the morning, because I wake up every night at three o'clock in the morning, um, I thought, what, what a kind, beautiful soul he is. 
to serve. And all of a sudden, and this was, this was the most remarkable experience, I saw George Washington in front of me, shaking the hands of maybe soldiers, and they were all standing, there was a, there was a stone wall in between them. And I was looking at him and I could see the capillaries in his cheeks. And I thought, holy mackerel, I cannot believe that I see George Washington in his body with his essence in his body. Just couldn't get over it. I was marveled in the colors of his uh, you know, uniform. They were very vivid because back then they used plants to, to dye the clothing, you know? So I wake up the next day and I'm thinking, was that guy George Washington in another, another life? You know, what am I supposed to do with this information? So the next time I went there, I, I look at him and I thought, no, something said, no, no, no. You can't tell him this information, but you can gently reinforce that he is a unique individual as we all are upon the planet. And I, I said something like, um, I don't even really know what I said, but he ended up disclosing to me that he was a recovering alcoholic and that he was desperately trying to improve his life. Um, and we had a really, really nice talk, but um, that was the first time I was given uh, an awareness of somebody else's life. And then from that, it just, they, it comes continuously. It's, uh, I have to tell them like, I'll be driving and I'll be like, no, I can't, you know, I can't take this information. You see, I'm driving, right? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. So it'll happen. Um, it, it happens without my ego soliciting it. My ego has to be gone. And, and when I lost my job, that's when the death of my ego or most of it dissolved because I went through that dark night of the soul. Amazing. Um, does anybody have any specific questions? I know you had mentioned a little bit about how you get the messages. And I think like, I'd like to, and I'm, I'm sure that everyone has questions as well, but you, you get, do you see these visions like in your head and then feel emotion um, and then that first. And then also like, I really would like to have you tell us too about when you feel it's okay to tell somebody, maybe when they come to you for a session and when sometimes you're not, you know, how this helps in right. you know, or how you know that it may not be time for them to hear that kind of mm, that right and that was one of your questions and i have to say that the the list of questions are really um they're really good questions so thank you so much for that no if i'm given information i trust that that information is pertinent to that individual and i have um the only time that i withdrew would be the first time with that george washington incident that was the first time that um, I was given someone, I was able to go into their Akashic records, right? It was given to me. I didn't solicit it, but I was also guided. No, you cannot tell him that there's a probability that he was the first president of the United States. He's not ready to hear that. Now, when an individual comes to me and um, 
they ask me to, uh, you know, to solicit this or go into their Akashic records, I do see um, experiences that they had had during whatever incarnation. And it is my now responsibility to share that because that is what the guardians of the records are giving me. They only give me what that person needs, right? If I said, and that's a great question, uh, Jennifer, because if I thought, thought, right? Oh, I better not say this. That's my ego. That's my ego making a judgment as to what information that they should hear. It's not, yeah, it's not up to me. I'm just the vessel. So. Does anybody else have any questions um, that Marie can answer? You just answered my question. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is there any, anything that you ever feel that you shouldn't, but you just answered it that you're only given what you should tell? Right, right. But that's a great, that is great because that kind of prompted me to go back in time. And I thought, oh, when did that happen? And that was with that gentleman who was the, um, the uh, feed store clerk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you, you get like mm -hmm. pictures right you'll get like when you did our akashic i've had my uh, my akashic records read by marie it's an amazing experience mm -hmm. um and it's funny because i was in a different <clears throat> point of my mind in my heart in my heart about what i needed to hear and what she told me was totally different at the time she told me i love the reference to your throat chakra and how you're gifted there you your deliveries perfect and it's you know it's exactly what that person can handle here but you know for me I, I can tell you like my ego was standing in my way when I got the message for a little bit because I thought wow that is an interesting lifetime to brought brought and I really sat with that for mm -hmm. you know a good like couple of days um just to feel like the feelings that I got when I was hearing these stories and then I realized they were areas that I still needed to heal like I could write a book on what has come from that reading. And it mm -hmm. was immediate for me. Well, it was not immediate. It was a gradual process. Um, so I just- Right. It, 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 it's a, it, the word process is exactly on target if we're gonna use those words, right? And what they do is they give the, they, they give the information, they share the information, I should say, and it is in layers. It's, it, it's in layers. Um, and those layers, perhaps the individual's not ready to, you know, peel back for the next layer, but that layer will come up into, from the subconscious, into their awareness during uh, a time where they're perhaps doing like a mundane chore or, you know, meditating where the ego is kind of like just sitting back. Um, they only give information that will help that person in that moment of time. And where there's a hiccup uh, is that I've had a couple of individuals approach me for past life readings and they'll just do it. Oh, I want to know if, was I a, was I a chorus, chorus girl in Paris back in the 1920s? And this is going to be so cool to get my Akashic records. I can't wait to, and then, oh my gosh, they're given some really heavy duty stuff. Yeah. And it's always, it, 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 you know, it primarily, it's always very, very serious. 
it's not something that, um, and, and the, the first lifetime that I get is always the most pertinent for this individual right now. And then the other um, lifetimes given usually just demonstrate how these energetic threads of, you know, because based on the premise that everything is an energy field, correct? All of our emotions, our actions, our deeds, our intentions, everything is an energy field. So those energy um, remnants, they travel with us from incarnation to incarnation. And if we are not able to um, heal what needs to be healed, um, it's going to remain with us and express itself through various means. Either you cannot, you know, this one person I just, did her Akashic uh, records a couple of weeks ago, she can't express what it is that she needs. And that they showed me was because many lifetimes ago, she witnessed a, uh, a gentleman being brutally murdered and she was a child. And when she saw it, she went into shock. And when she went to disclose this to her mother, she couldn't get it out. It, it, it just wouldn't come out. So that whole entire life, she couldn't uh, express in words and articulate what it was that she was going through internally. The next lifetime they showed it, it, it came again. This time she was a little boy and he couldn't hear. So he couldn't talk. The following lifetime, something else happened. So after I give her all this information, she goes, you know what? She said, when I, was, when I was little, I was in speech therapy for about five years. Speech therapy. And because it lodges in the DNA, she gave birth to children, one of which is, um, has issues with foods, sensory issues that go into her throat. She feels like things get lodged there and she can't dislodge them. So that energy, they, they say to me, that energy is present. And unless we look at it, which is so darn hard to do shadow work, we all know that, right? It is hard to do shadow work. It's like, son of a gun, I thought that was done. And what? You mean to tell me? Um, unless you work on it and observe it from your higher perspective, it's going to remain with you. And of course, we're seeing that playing out on the planet right now right? All that dense, lower energy coming up for review. We better face it. We have to see the truth. And that's what that gift um, of the apparition at the window. And then subsequently, they, they did come back. Um, that was what I was given. I was giving, um, they said, okay, here's a light. Here's a flashlight. You go in the room and you see what you can see. We'll tell you what to look for. And um, so- when I agreed to serve, that was what, what I agreed to do. So, I mean, we went into this interview with Marie because I, you know, I believe, um, and I think a lot of people who are in the metaphysical world give some credibility to the fact that we've been here many times before, or at least a couple of times. Um, and I think, you know, do you have any insight on the progression of lifetimes? Like, is this, you know, I know there's a popular belief that we come here to learn a lesson if we don't learn and we come back here to learn it again or we come back here or is it more a 
conglomerate, this isn't on our question list, but I just coming up mm -hmm. with, you know, there could be people out there who are still questioning whether or not this is actually something for them to, to, to mm -hmm. ask, you know, this reincarnation coming back. Right, because they're still in that separation. They're not ready yet. And you know, they're probably operating still from their base chakra, right? There's a lot of people out there that believe it or not, you know, and this is no judgment, but they're still operating from the lower chakras. So they haven't ascended upwards to start even questioning, you know, what do we, uh, we, we term those individuals as sleeping. Um, but, you know, um, I wish I knew all the answers, but I don't. Uh, I, I know that um, I get the sense that that um, you know, on a side note, there are those who believe that, and I hope this doesn't get too heavy, stop me if it does, okay? That we are a slave race, right? And that the karmic wheel, the reincarnation wheel is just another mechanism to keep us coming back coming back, coming back so that the, the whoever feeds on that energy field because we are so powerful. We, and this is what I've learned from all of my mentors that we are divinity in, embodied in this form and that our emotions create an energetic field that is so profound, that is so powerful that it can knock things totally out of whack. And that's why we're so sought after by beings in other dimensions from other areas, okay? So some believe that the coming back here is just a recycling program. So, I mean, we can look at that. I think that there's truth to that. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's truth to, you know, that you exit your body and you're like, yeah, you know what? I do want to master that. I want to master. Yeah, I'll go back and be in, I'll be poor. Sure. <laughs> money. What is it? it I, I don't need money. I'll go back. I'll live in poverty for most of my life. Um, I'll master that because, you know, we all have these choices, right? While we're in the body, how are we going to navigate and, and master uh, what we perceive as challenges in our life. But there's a lot of schools of thought out there. Um, I work with a couple of kids that, that this was their first time here. Wow. So that was interesting. They have no clue what to do. They're like, they have no clue. So it, it is, um, and I'm married to a very old, old soul. He's much older than I am. Um, and he, he's detached from, like, I still have some form of attachment to things. Like, I like things pretty, you know, I like things neat and orderly. Did that answer your question? It did. It did. A little bit anyway. It did. Okay. Else I feel, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to monopolize because um, she's such an amazing resource. I don't know if you all have any questions. I have one, one other one I'm thinking of, but I want to let you know, um, just like to take it back to real basic is an Akashic record reading the same as a past life reading or are they two different things? Well, I guess for me, it, if you include the word reading Akashic record reading 
and past life reading, that's going to be the same thing. Although the Akash, as we know it, resides in another dimension and it is the library, right? It's a library. So it's um, for those individuals who, who um, have a hard time discerning the differences, it would be like me going into the library and I'm gonna say to them, here's my library card. I need to gain access to Tracy Campbell's Akashic Records and they're gonna be, oh yeah, you just walked on there and there, it's right there on the top there from left to right or something. Um, so in some reference, like using that wording, they are the same thing, but of course the Akashic Records are the accumulation, as you said in your intro, which was so beautiful, of every thought, deed, emotion, everything that has happened in the past, in the present, and in the future. So we have all that probability in the future, all those future timelines. So um, it's just really, really interesting. And I just happen to be given the gift to go in and get little, tiny, little, teeny, tiny tidbits. I will say that your readings are so detailed. And Tracy, I know you can attest. Oh my, I am in, I was in awe of you when you did my reading because you gave such intimate details. Like your hand is on this and you're wearing this <laughs> collar and the, and the blinder. Well, I can't even see an apple in my head. She's seeing like a whole movie. It's, it's amazing. Well, okay. So because we live on a planet of polarity, there, my one teacher said, Marie, that's too, that's too detailed. You're going to have to cut it back. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, that's a great question. Um, also, you had asked, and this is fascinating. And I don't know if you've ever heard, you asked if there was any family members that had these gifts. And I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. But my mother was born with what they refer to as a veil. Have any of you ever heard of that before? I've heard of it and I've seen pictures of people who is it yes. seen in pictures, right? In photos. She was she was born with a veil, which is the umbilical um, it, uh, tissue covering her face and part of her body. Oh, okay. And she was born in 1927. And the belief was that if an individual was born with that, they were given certain gifts. They were they were more of a higher evolved being. So they took this tissue and they put it in a, yeah, the, you know, real tissue, right? It's, they put it in a box and they put it up in the attic because the belief was that if you saw it, all of your gifts would dissolve, all, they would dissipate. So she didn't know that it was up there until she was old enough to be told that this is what happened to her, excuse me. But she said she would see, she would see the mother Mary. She would see beings walking around. There was always a black cat with her. Um, and then they were very poor. And this uh, captain of this ship from one of the Allegheny, I don't know what he was. He came to this bail. We would like to give you a thousand dollars for it. They thought if you had it, but my grandparents declined. And then when my mother was, I think she said she was about eight years old, curiosity got the best of her. 
and she went up and she looked at it and she said then after that it all just went away i i had never heard about i know that is so interesting mm -hmm. isn't that something um and she really she really had some unique gifts and insight um into you know um i mean even she was an alcoholic so you know who knows back in those days when you're so sensitive um, and, you know, we're all part of that female collective consciousness back in the 20s and 30s. You know, we were about basically looked at like, what, kind of like, uh, we weren't really respected. Women weren't really respected. And um, I think that she fell prey to maybe some type of abuse, which then she covered up with alcoholism. And, um, you know, in that uh, that, that lower energy, of course, dampens your, you know, just takes everything, you know, your pineal gland starts shutting down and your connection to source diminishes, diminishes and diminishes. But yeah, so that was a fascinating question. I thank you for that because I actually forgot about it. I'm so glad. Um, you know, I, um, I just think that I don't know, Marie, um, well, you mentioned about alcoholism and I know that I feel also that that's not uncommon. Um, you know, alcoholism and sedation and drug addiction is, is something that we struggle with as a society. And it's very much to me obvious when I, I mean, I've had it in my family as well and in many ways. Um, it's so obvious to me that these people are, it's very common that they are empathic, heavily empathic, very mm -hmm. sensitive. And right. that is sort of how they quell those messages that they're getting and a lot of that stimulus. Um, so that's fascinating that you mentioned that as well. But um, mm -hmm. I'm just really excited that we had you on today. And I, I know that we are going to um, have another episode here where you're going to do some mini reads for us. And I just wanted to see if anybody else had some questions any questions that we didn't touch upon? Um, you know, I had we had prepared some. I think we hit most of them. But if, does anybody have anything else that they wanted to ask Marie before we go on to um, the next episode with the mini reads? Uh, just a quick one. Do you have any advice for anyone who's just starting out um, with working with past lives and Akashic records readings, and any lessons that you learned in your process? Hmm. I, I guess the, uh, the first word that they give to me to give to you is trust. You trust. And don't question because as soon as you start questioning, that's the ego trying to question and then trying to get you out of it because it doesn't want you in there. If you're in there, if you're getting these messages, the ego has to wear, it has to, it's going somewhere, right? It doesn't want to go anywhere. It wants to remain in the driver's seat. So um, I think the biggest uh, gift that you can give to yourself is if you are being given these messages to trust that these are true and all, what you could do is you could always ask the universe, you know what, I do trust, however, <laughs> there's a smidgen of me that's like doubting, uh, you know, just doubting that maybe I, I didn't see the right thing can you give me some validation? And they will. You will get validated. I've gotten validated and 
you know, my ego has tried to intervene and like I wrote a prayer for this little boy. I don't, I don't, I didn't know him. He was in Texas. He was, may I share this or am I getting off? Please, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I started writing prayers for people, everybody was coming to me going, oh my gosh, these prayers are coming true. And I'm like, oh yeah, because I, my prayers always came true. So there was never a doubt that they weren't going to come true. Right. So I'm still paying attention to your trust. Okay. I'm trying to just piggyback off of that. Um, so when I start writing prayers, this woman approached me and she said, there's a toddler in Texas. He's 14 months old. He's in the ICU. He has significant respiratory issues and he's on Facebook right now. Can you look and see, maybe you could write a prayer for him. And I was like, okay. I thought, oh, all, all right. And, um, now see, that's my, my ego, um, because maybe sometimes I'm lazy. I have no idea. Right. So I thought, you know what? Yes. Uh, yes. I've agreed to serve. I'm going to look at that little boy. So I'm reading his little bio and I see that the nurses are tripping on his oxygen tubing, that there's all these mishaps. He also is the grandson of a famous spiritual teacher on the planet right now, who's holding an artifact that is probably, I don't even know how, maybe a hundred thousand years old. I thought, oh my gosh, he, they're trying to, they're trying to, he's being set up to die. Son of a gun, because I'm a warrior, right? So I thought, okay, I wrote up a prayer. First I had to get, for some reason, I thought I need the permission of the grandmother and the, the mother. Well, they never responded to any of my emails. Um, and then finally she said, go ahead, write the prayer. He, he had been in the ICU for well over a month. I wrote the prayer. I petitioned at three o'clock. Like I, I get up at three o'clock in the morning to say my prayers. And I'm like mad, like he using the, like one of the laws of the universe, the law of polarity is that if you are in really excellent health and then you go over here and you're very, very sick, you have experienced now both polarities, right? So we can go neutral and I ask for the law of polarity to work with me and get him back to health and to dismantle all the bacteria and fungi and viruses in his, they had no right to be in his body. So I petitioned, petitioned, petitioned. And on the third day, I remember thinking, this is something, I, I'm not getting any feedback that he's doing any better or did he get worse or whatever. So the next day I call my friend and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Now this is my ego, right? Blah, blah, blah. Why can't, why didn't anybody tell me that he was doing good or he's bad or did you hear anything? And my friend said, Marie, they released him from the hospital this morning. And I'm like, what? She said, they, they're calling it a miracle. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I like started trembling because I knew intuitively that it was because of the prayer. And this is an answer to your, your question, Christy. So I go outside and I'm walking and my ego comes in and says, oh, you think that they could have taken a moment to let you know that that prayer worked? How dare they? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, stop it. 
I know what happened. That was a gift to me. That was a gift. It validated the universe said, here you are. Here's a gift. You are a prayer warrior. You must accept that as part of your mission. So again, Christy, that's that trust. Don't let the ego come in. Because I think that when we start questioning ourselves, we give that ego a, uh, a little bit more power than it, than it really should have, right? Um, and I think everybody on that call, on this call, you young ladies, you're, you're always getting that guidance, right? You're always getting kind of guided and steered to go in certain, a certain way. So trust is a big thing. And the, 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 the prayers in and of themselves, if the person uh, doesn't have faith, well, how, how is the prayer to be? I, I always know that the prayers are going to be answered. It, it, there is no question. No question at all. And I know that um, I've gotten so much validation from the Akashic Record readings that it's, it, it, even, it does surprise me even to this day. It's like, wow, that's amazing. You know, thank you, light beings. We have all these millions and billions of light beings assisting us. How kind, how loving they are. It almost makes me cry. It's, it's like we're, we're, we're all being, you know, they're like gently holding our hands and saying, come on, we're going to pull you out of that, that lower karma. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard, but you're going to do it. Oh, don't ask me another question. <laughs> I am like, <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like a chatty patty. Shut, just sell, tell me to shut up. Be like, this what the hell? Incredible information. It just touches so many areas. I think we're all going through as you know, going through our spiritual path, you know, yeah. trust and sort of the meaning of, of our, like our being, you know, why we're here and um, our journey and to not doubt. I just, you know, it's amazing. You're, you're, it's incredible. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to ask her? I'm just, and I'm, and I'm, I'm for an interest of your time too today. I just want to make sure that we, but um, I think you've hit upon everything that we wanted to ask initially. Did anybody think of anything else that they might want to hit upon before we move on to the, the next episode? Okay. Well, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay have helped us, you know, really have a better understanding of Akashic Record readings, past life, um, the pertinence of sort of what that means in our current world. And, um, you know, I think it really will assist a lot of people who are open to it in another way to explore their individual journey to self-healing, to be honest. Um, so we look forward to the next episode. We're going to see, we're going to have Marie back and see an example of her. She's going to do some mini readings on some of us. Uh, I've already started to get some of the information. Oh, it's so great. fascinating. Okay. Um, and so um, just stay tuned um, and she's going to, we'll just revisit a little bit. We'll recap this, this conversation. We'll do some mini readings and, um, you know, continue to go on the journey of seeing the importance of ancient history and what it means to us today. Thank you for all of our listeners to all of our listeners out there for spending time with us today. 
if you like this episode or if you like what we're talking about, please do us a favor and tell your friends about Soul Infusion. Also, it really help us out if you like what you hear to please leave us a five-star review. We'll be back next week or actually next episode for the mini reads. And then soon we'll be back to talk about um, more about tarot and oracle cards. And then there's an episode coming up also to discuss the different types of Reiki and the significance mm -hmm. of those schools. So stay with us for future podcasts. We're going to continue to infuse our souls and hopefully yours with a wide range of topics, as I mentioned, and so much more. We thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Namaste. Bye. 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 The following podcast series is designed to educate, entertain, and inform, not to provide medical advice.